0: As we fast approach the holiday season, should the employer decide to shut down their operations, can they force employees to take their accrued leave during this time? This is Stuff Employers Should Know.
1: Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know, the podcast helping you cruise through the legal cruxes of South African employment and labor laws.
0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm Barry Gordon Davis and as always I'm joined by my producer, yes, yes like it, Ismail. So, yes, tell me, do you uh, stay in Joburg over the holiday season or do you join the overcrowding at the coast? Hey Barry, so I definitely don't join the overcrowding at the coast because
1: I'm actually from Limpopo. So, it's between staying here and enjoying the Johannesburg quiet roads or going back home to Limpopo.
0: But yeah, something that you said is uh, resonates. A lot of people choose to stay in Joburg because Uh, I know we've all seen what it's like when we have like a lockdown situation and the roads are super quiet and we don't have to deal with the William Nichols and the N1s of the world. And it's, you know, to try and get a sense of what that was like, a lot of people like to stay behind and carry on working and then enjoy the tranquil, quiet roads around Joburg over that brief, brief time. Uh, But we know that for many businesses, the festive season may be the busiest time for them, and especially if you look at retail and tourism and services areas, they capitalize during this period. But there are also um, many businesses that, while the whole of South Africa seems to head to the coast and go and uh, overpopulate all these small coastal towns, um, it's their quietest time and their employees usually use this time to, you know, go and leave and use their leave entitlement. In fact, some businesses are so quiet that they choose to actually close shop and shut down temporarily over the festive season. Um, So what we want to know is like, what does this mean now for the employer when they choose to shut down? And to help us with this topic, it's not just yes and I in studio today. We are joined by industrial relations manager, Sarah Urdendal from LabNet. Hi, Sarah.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yes, and you will recognize her silky, sultry voice. as She's the person behind our intros on every episode. <laughs> thanks, Sarah. So it's <laughs> nice to have you on to do an actual episode. Uh, tell me, do you prefer working in December and avoid the overpopulated beaches, or what do you do?
1: I hate to admit it, but I'm one of those people on the beach in Cape Town, or so Slapstadte.
0: Well, and I know that you're from Cape Town and mm-hmm. you're now living in Joburg, so even though you go back to Cape Town, do you still sit on the beach and then complain about all the Varleys?
1: Yes, of course, <laughs> and I'm entitled to do it, although I've been in Joburg for 10 years nearly.
0: Okay, you, you're you a Valley, so you basically no, part of the No, role.
1: no, no. <laughs>
0: so, uh, let's get into the leave entitlement for employees, and employees, I mean by definition of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act and the Labor Relations Act, uh, how much leave are employees entitled to on an annual basis?
1: So employees in terms of the basic conditions of employment act are entitled to 21 consecutive days per annual leave cycle. Um, there are also there is also the other option where by agreement for every 17 days worked the employee gets one day of annual leave or the other option by agreement one hour of annual leave for every 17 hours worked.
0: Okay, now most employees will see that they uh, have an entitlement of, let's say, a minimum of 15 days. Now, where does 15 days come from when you're talking about 21 days?
1: This is always the most contested question when I implement policies, and especially the leave policy. The 15 days stipulates the business days, so the actual working days, excluding the weekends. So if we take it simply, 21 days, if you work five days a week, would be 15 days in a three-week leave cycle.
0: So basically you take those 21 consecutive days, you fit them on any calendar and where the business days fall within those 21 consecutive days, that's how you determine how much leave you would be entitled to.
1: Exactly. So within those three weeks in the one year annual leave cycle.
0: All right. Now we also hear uh, employees referring to annual leave and then occasional leave. Is there a difference between the two?
1: So the leave entitlement is exactly the same and it's all the same balance. But occasional leave, it means it's not taken in one go, whereas annual leave, it's taken all in one go.
0: Okay, so there's no separate entitlements in terms of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act for one type of leave and another type of leave, specifically when it comes to annual leave. They both form part of that same balance, is that what you're saying?
1: Correct, same balance.
0: So in the payment of that, we also see now with how the world is changing and we have these you know they call them digital nomads hybrid working system people working around the world people maybe even having uh, multiple employers working on commission structures for example so we know that somebody that has a basic they would probably get what the normal entitlement would be how do we work out what a person gets paid when they take their leave entitlement but they're a commission earner or majority of their their um, earnings is commission-based
1: So in accordance with the BCA, you would take an average over 13 weeks, and then to determine how they actually are paid out that leave would be as per the BCA in terms of their contract. So is it your 15 days or your 18 working days, which is your three weeks consecutive?
0: Employees simply can't just go and leave whenever they want. They don't just decide, today I'm on leave, this is my entitlement. There's obviously a approval process and most employers have policies with regards to this a lot of employees might even have it in their contract of employment Um, you know where does this come from that employees have to then go and apply
1: so again this is something I always reinforce with employees applying for leave doesn't mean it's approved so please we often see it where an employee will apply and then take the leave and the manager actually had never approved this so it's
0: not notifying the employer it's Applying and requesting approval.
1: Exactly. And it has to be approved because in terms of the basic conditions, again, leave is taken at the discretion of the employer, not the employee.
0: Okay. So either by agreement where the parties then agree that this is when the leave is going to happen or at the discretion of the employer based Mm -hmm. on what their operational requirements. Because that makes sense. I mean, uh, it would be detrimental to an employer if every single one of their employees decided to go on leave at the exact same time, specifically Mm. if it's occasional leave during the year, right?
1: Yeah, if you just wake up one day and decide I need a me day and take leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's a separate topic. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, that leads to our main point, all right? And, uh, you know, as I say, we... We have quiet times, and employers um, know that leave effectively, and employers look at leave as a liability because that's technically what it is on their books. We all know that uh, the purpose of leave is far greater than that. The purpose of leave is to give rest and relaxation, and employees would go and accrue that leave, and it's for them to go and keep mental health, and and it's really a good thing from that point of view. And I know we've been talking from a position of the minimum amount that they're entitled to, but we know that a lot of employers nowadays are extending that value by a lot more. They're giving a lot more leave. Their their contracts might have a lot more leave that they're entitled to. So we can't go less, but we can always go more. Um, So employers might also decide that, you know what, to have people away from the business affects the operations. So I want you to take your leave during those quiet times. And now we get to December, And the employer says, you know what, there actually is so little business that is happening between, and it usually happens between the 25th of December and the 1st of uh, January, where they then say, you know what, we're actually going to shut down operations, business is not going to run at all. Um, And now they tell employees, this is when you have to go and leave. And they can do that, am I correct?
1: Yes you can because if we go back to what the basic condition says it says it's at the employer's discretion when the employee can actually take leave.
0: Okay so it's it's perfectly acceptable for a, a business owner to say I'm going to choose to close my business during this period of time and everybody must then go and leave during that time. So you know what about new employees or employees that have taken occasional leave during the year? That's might not actually have sufficient leave to uh, uh, go on a shutdown, or you call it that.
1: So this is where the policy and the contract of employment comes into play. You must please ensure that this is in the contract or the policy so that there's no confusion, the employees know exactly what is required. They know that the company does have a mandatory shutdown period. So if an employee now is aware... And the employee it's in the policy it's in their contract and now an employee has actually taken all their leave in the beginning of the year then the employer actually has the ability or can allow then the employee to go into a negative leave balance and then advance the days
0: which means that they would then effectively owe the company exactly uh, working back that and maybe the answer is the same but a new employee that let's say starts in november I mean, Mm. there's no ways they're going to have sufficient amount of uh, leave due to them. The employer has a mandatory shutdown period. Can they now say, well, you haven't actually worked here long enough. You don't have sufficient leave. I'm now actually not going to pay you now for this December period that I shut my business down.
1: So this, you know, we've had long discussions about, but... In essence, it's not the employee's, for lack of a better word, fault that they can't work. It's actually the employer saying, we are shutting down and you now cannot actually provide service or work during that time. So the employer would then need to put the employee on a negative leave balance, which is exactly the same as we've said previously, where the employee would then owe the employer leave.
0: I mean, that's obviously the most practical aspect because, as you say, no fault. It's not the employee that's saying... I'm not choosing to avail myself. Mm. Um, They're availing themselves, but it's the choice of the employer to say that I'm actually going to not provide you with work. Uh, They shouldn't then prejudice the employee in that regard. Um, You said having mandatory shutdown periods in a uh, contract or in a policy. What happens if an employer doesn't actually have a mandatory shutdown mentioned in anything, but... Uh, you know, just the way that public holidays fall or just maybe the fact that we're coming out of downswing due to COVID uh, and the employer decides, you know what, let me cut into this leave liability now. In fact, everybody, I'm going to shut down for this month. Can they do so?
1: So yes, the employer can enforce the mandatory shutdown leave as the BCA says that annual leave must be taken at a time determined by the employer.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your insights and thank you for your time on the show today.
1: Thanks so much, Yas and Barry, for having me.
0: And uh, enjoy fighting the crowds on Clifton or Camps Bay Beach this December.
1: I definitely will. Thanks.
0: And that's another episode of Stuff Employers Should Know. As always, if you want to get in touch, let us know what you think of the show. Or if there's a specific topic you want us to discuss on the show, drop us a mail at sesk at Labornet.com. And from myself, BGD, and producer Yas, Till the next episode, cheers. Oh, in fact, let's hand you back to Sarah to do our outro.
1: Stuff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by LaborNet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Stuff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.